Welcome to the Respective Solutions Podcast. Our mission at RSG is to create safe learning environments and support school professionals through resources that make a difference in education. I'm John Lewis, the host of the podcast, and we will be getting to know our Adams County community partners and discuss issues relating to the prevention of youth violence, as this is the Collaborative Violence Prevention Initiative. This podcast is being brought to you by Pennsylvania Taxpayer Dollars. And so I want to welcome our guest. Our guest is Andrea Dolges. Andrea is the CEO of the Collaborating for Youth and Community Development, and she's also the president of Respective Solutions Group. Now, um, I, I, we want to talk about what these agencies do, but what, right now, Andrea, welcome aboard and, and tell us about yourself. How, how, where are you from? Who are you? What's going on? Uh, the audience, we really want the audience to know who you are. Oh, thank you, John. I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm just me. Just you. Okay. <laughs> just a person doing what they do for a living. Um, as we do this, listeners, John is motioning for me to get closer. Yes, to I just a want to get it closer, a little, a little closer to the microphone. That's funny. It seems to be the story of my life. I feel like I have a lot to say, but sometimes I don't say it very loud. So this is an opportunity. No, this is good. This is an the microphone is your friend. I still don't feel that way. <laughs> um, about me, I don't know, John. Like, what kind of about? Well, where did you come from? Have you always? Are you a, a Gettysburg resident? I mean, I, I mean, are you do? Have you always been from the area, or where, where are you from? Oh, I transplanted a couple of times, so I grew up in Orville, Ohio. Oh, okay. It is the home of Smucker's Jelly, so I grew up smelling apple butter as I was marching, uh, doing marching band, um, you know, in the background, and you know, everything that you see on those commercials really feels true about that little town, and we had a lot of support. Our schools were very good. Um, you know, our town is just really small. I still talk to my friends back there. Um, whose kids are growing up and Smuckers has scholarships and it's just a really nice town. Willard Scott used to come to my high school. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of cool. cool, So you have that Apple connection. Right? A little bit. You have an album. That's cool. That's yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, and then I, I actually I went to college in Cambria County. Okay. And spent over a decade there at the family farms back there. And you know, I think places like that when your great grandparents immigrated and built a farm, sure. um, they're just sort of deeply ingrained in who you are and, and who you become and what you're gonna do. So I guess those two parts of my life really are uh, they've created sort of this recipe for who I am and, and what we do now a little bit yeah. at RSG and RSG is actually rooted back in Cambria County um, we've been around for about 20 years as an organization um, real small nonprofit when we started um, wonderful supporters who, who raised it up and actually rebranded at a certain point and did a lot of prevention and education work as we cut our teeth as a nonprofit and ended up moving out this direction, um, had worked in Harrisburg for a while as the vice president of communities and schools of Pennsylvania, and really wanted to be local and live in and work more so in the community where my children were growing up. I really believe in rural Pennsylvania, small towns, and what we can do together. I like to be in a place where you know the people you work with because you run into them in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. It's important. That kind of community. It is. It's important. Sure. So Respective Solutions was your step here to this area? Yeah. Well, and so I was married to somebody who was from this area. um, And and also, we were actually a small nonprofit tied to that uh, network. So I kind of rose through the ranks, ended up in Harrisburg through my work. 
And then, you know, uh, it just made sense for RSG to come and have services out here at a certain time. And so uh, do we do a lot of after school programming in this neck of the woods? Um, but I think RSG has actually grown and evolved into sort of a different platform over our 20 years because we've realized our teachers are trying to teach. They're so busy just with that single job. But there are so many other needs for students um, and children in our communities and then their families and the networks, the community that, um, you know, RSG just developed into an organization that while we do still provide direct services, we also are focused on helping the other people who help children to achieve their goals. Okay, so the the umbrella in RSG right now is a lot of after-school programming. Are you in all the uh, county districts in Adams County? So RSG's footprint is, um, you know, our charter is in Gettysburg Area School District, but then also the Center for Youth and Community Development, which is the home of Collaborating for Youth, kind of takes up that landscape with the other school districts okay. in Adams County. So between the two partnering nonprofits, um, we actually cover all of Adams County, we have served in Franklin County as well, not currently, um, and we're in York County. We're serving Dover Area School District and Hanover. Wow. Okay, so you have a big catchment area. So the two agencies then are are doing the after school programs, right? That's what you're saying. I mean. Among many things. Yeah. Among many things. Okay, um, let's let's just stay on uh, RSG for a minute. What what else is RSG up to? Well, so RSG, interesting thing, RSG was the home of the trauma-informed Adams County initiative a few years back that really helped us in a time where children, if they would go to therapy, if we found that they had trauma, not every therapist felt, you know, that they had the training to provide trauma therapy. And it can be difficult for a child or for anyone to, you know, kind of have needs in the area of trauma. About 80% of all people who go um, and, and have mental health treatment, um, the, the support of therapy, which is a wonderful uh, thing for people of any walk to have, I believe. Um, but they've experienced trauma. And so trauma, you know, we kind of viewed it from a community perspective, but then also digging deep, found a group of therapists from across multiple agencies in Adams County, and we were able to get them trained in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. And so we put more tools in their toolboxes, so to speak, um, like a counselor, um, and we were able to help them to, to cultivate the skills um, to, to provide that therapeutic support, but also to raise an awareness of what trauma is at a community level. And it was at a time when, <clears throat> I guess we hear a lot about trauma these days, but we were just starting those conversations. I think this was, this was around 16 or 17. Um, and you know, I, I'm so proud of the Adams County community from that. We actually formed our own uh, debriefing trauma response team um, that we could be supports in, in uh, difficult situations here in the community. And we've had great cross-sector partnerships that really kind of sprang from that. Um, you know, work well with law enforcement, um, those folks that really do kind of encounter those things more. Sure, sure. So. And I know from my own experience with the school district, I mean, when we have issues going on there with, with trauma with kids, that uh, it's always amazing the, the partnerships and people come in to, to help us, help the counselors deal with whatever's going on with the kids and their families. So I certainly um, was a consumer of those things, and that's that's just wonderful, and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to, to develop that, that, that whole uh, mechanism and that whole 
concept of of dealing with trauma and 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 now the conversation had moved from you know i guess more of a um theoretical or therapeutic jargon to this this whole concept of aces and i and i think it really has has made it something that that the everyday person can plug into and really understand what what that trauma means and what what it is and and more importantly how to overcome it and how to prevent it i mean i think I think for me, it's my own therapeutic work because I'm a therapist as well. I miss working directly with kids. We're talking during a global pandemic, of course. And, you know, it's it's wanting to be in person and do the work because relationships are so important. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the hurt we're seeing in the world right now is also just that lack of interaction and, you know, remembering the kindness that we can bring into the world um, and setting the example and the tones that our children model that behavior, that sure. positive regard. But yeah, I mean, I think that that, that has been an interesting piece that RSG brought to the table here in partnership, not singularly. Um, and I, I just think where we're headed next, we've done a lot around anti-bullying. We had some, some roots there and, and some work with that. And I think we've really gone to this how do we take the prevention science, the mental health science, the psychology, how do we take all of these things, the good information that that we can access, the things we know, and stop destructive communication among our youth and really monitor what's happening in their interactions, have accountability, responsibility, social responsibility towards, for, for one another. And that's, you know, with the CVP initiative, I think that that's the place my heart was when we began that initiative, John, and working with you, is just how do we make this world a kinder, gentler space? Because there is already enough struggle. We shouldn't be creating it for one another. Oh, absolutely. It is so, and it's so complicated. I mean, just listening to you talk about the breadth and depth of, of the RSG initiative, but in, in terms of the, the trauma and therapeutic component, and then you get into the social media the stuff, and that's that's just, I mean, it's so deep. And, and it's that's a that's a lifetime's work as it is. Well, and I, I don't know exactly where to quote. My gosh, it's been years since I my undergraduate work was in communications, public relations from the University of Pittsburgh, um, and I, I just think that it's interesting to think about. Probably 2005, as I was graduating with my bachelor's, I remember reading that a personal communication device actually forges a relationship psychologically. And so the things we read on our phone, we're going to have more of an inclination to feel a connection to. Mm -hmm. So you think about that for our kids who are developing still. Think about it for adults who may not have that tidbit of information, right? Sure, sure. And so you think about how we process information, how we output information then you layer in aces and things that can be difficult in our lives it's, there's so much we can turn around if we're working together and i really believe in that collaborative spirit it's interesting during the pandemic i've thought about nonprofits quite a lot and you know big corporations can probably get things done pretty fast sure you know and, sure. and spend money and it can be oh, what's the cost benefit how effective what's our bottom line sure and you know I think for us in the nonprofit world, much of the importance of the work that we do is the fact that we're doing it together. Local people are doing it together. And we may not always be perfect, but the heart in it is that the community is learning to help itself and gaining expertise and qualification. I think that's the essence of what our nonprofits do. So I'm pleased to be in the sector. 
Well, we're talking about RSG. Let's let's focus a little bit about collaborating for youth and community development. That sounds, you know, that sounds big, too. Can can you tell us a little bit about what goes on under the roof at Collaborating for Youth and Community Development? The technological Zoom roof right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have a great team. So, well, the Center for Youth and Community Development is a nonprofit rooted in Adams County that began as the home of Collaborating for Youth, our local coalition. We're a prevention coalition, but not just drug and alcohol prevention. We're really here to make sure that every kid who grows up in Adams County has a positive future and a great experience. You know, uh, if we're working on some, some strategic planning right now I feel like I want to write that down and take it with me because we as it, I said it again I guess I'm just repeating myself but as a community if we're working together we can make positive change occur for youth that you know you want to live in Adams County you choose it you select it from a list of places that you can go and build a career and a future for your family and I think that at CFYC, we've we've had the opportunity because of the good history that already came with this organization. When I came on deck, RSG is an, uh, a contract to, to be partner organizations, basically, in management. Um, we were ready to go, and my, my own history had been, you know, my first job at, at uh, RSG years ago. I was the AmeriCorps worker, family center director, uh, you know, just kind of worked through all these things, but I was also a community mobilizer for the Communities the Care Initiative, and I really respected Adams County from afar. And so being able to live and work here, I knew Sharon Michaels, that, mm-hmm. that really was the founding executive director at CFYCD. Um, and as she was ready to retire, she was looking, you know, at how the next 20 years would work. And so um, the initiatives that we have currently are pretty uh, vast. <laughs> well, let's connect the dots. Tell me about those things. Okay. Um, well, so we have our coalition, and oh gosh, we're active membership participants on an average monthly basis. We have over 40, 50 people who are on our Zooms, um, our meetings, and you know, we really are a data-driven perspective to evaluating what our community needs and trying to plug in uh, program services, supports, the social development strategy, which is a whole other piece we could talk about another day. Um, but trying to make sure that what we do is effective and done with fidelity here in our community so that we get optimal outputs, right? Okay. And that's, you know, the proof is in uh, that data that we, we generate. So it's scientific. It's not just a bunch of, you know, we just love this. Let's, I mean, it's great, but it's, it's not just a huggy feeling. It's let's see what we can garner here. So what you're saying is that you're, 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 you're doing things and creating things that, that have been tested that, Mm -hmm. that, that science says this is, this is good. We've had good results based upon the research. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, the fact that programs that perhaps we don't have grant funding in one avenue or another, we still continue those forward in a different way, but we keep data, we keep reporting, we keep fidelity monitoring, um, because that's sort of a commitment we have is to make sure that our metrics are in place. We can prove to our community and the people who participate with us that what they're doing is worthwhile. I've been very impressed that this coalition has been supportive in that way for the past 20 years. Um, you know, we have federal funding now um, through the strategic prevention framework to activate services in prevention for our populations that were not maybe served as as much uh, in the past, and not that they were um, 
eliminated from services, but you know, for example, we're working to make sure that Spanish language services and prevention are not just translated documents, but that there is a voice from our Hispanic American community in prevention, that there's training about substance abuse prevention resources, that we're building resources that truly are in Spanish, sure. not just in translation. And that's been difficult, just trying to find you know, a therapist for somebody if they are a native Spanish speaker and not just having it, tra- you can't translate therapy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so hard. Right, so, so that's another way to reach out and then involve the community at large. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, we're, you know, we're looking for what are the gaps? Who's not really being reached by this? When we talk about ACEs, you know, prevention and that science, we, we have to make sure that we understand there are populations not being served and there could be populations with further ACEs, especially, you know, based on perhaps how an individual is able to make it to the United States. There could be adverse childhood experiences. Sure. Or maybe somebody's from our LGBTQ plus community. You know, sure. talking about how do we work to provide a safe and brave space for them in Adams County. I think I think that our eyes are open to the fact that everybody deserves to have the best quality of services. Um, regardless of what that background is. Okay, so so the audience understands ex- some of the some of the programming that's going on and mm. at the at the Center for Youth and Community Development. What what are those areas specifically? Sure. So we do um, twice a year we do medicine take back and, and we gain about 2000 pounds per take back wow. of medications that we get off the street. <laughs> that's incredible. Out of our waterways and That's amazing. It's all done with community volunteers and our excellent law enforcement officers here in the community mm-hmm. who really I mean, you talk about a time where people have been strapped financially or, you know, with COVID, but all, all the time. This has been happening for years. So you when you see the, those signs and, and those placards out saying, take the, the medicine, take back, that's what that's all about. That's what it is. And volunteers are coming out to do that. This time we had free Narcan distribution. Wow. Um, and Narcan, of course, is a life-saving medication for somebody who is going through an opioid overdose. Um, we run the Overdose Awareness Task Force for our community in conjunction and partnership with our Criminal Justice Advisory Board. Mm-hmm. Um, we run the Strength families program we support several initiatives with the incredible years program for little kids in kindergarten and first grade in Gettysburg okay. School District which is a beautiful program um, <laughs> oh gosh John there's, well, there's so the, much going on there's the the the, the, the uh, collaborating for youth the youth leadership programming we have yeah we have a youth coalition uh, okay yeah. um, that is actually going to be attending CADCA soon, which is a national prevention forum. Great. And so really, um, you know, we've run our resilience project, which is about protective factors and what exists here in our community. What are our safety nets and how do we strengthen those for individuals in our community? We help to uh, broker uh, the Pennsylvania Youth Survey process for our community every two That's an amazing thing by itself. Local data like that just doesn't exist elsewhere. So we're very fortunate in the Commonwealth. Gosh, what else do we do? We... Well, besides, you know, running after school programs like all over the place, um, our staff team is constantly busy. Um, 
Well, because I, we're not just here for what happens at the center. The purpose of the center is to support the members of the collaborative board. And so a lot of analysis on drug and alcohol project sticker shock, you'll see billboards throughout the community for RSG and for the CFYCD with messaging about not giving kids alcohol, um, making sure that we're standing up and, and holding to our responsibilities as the adults in the community, setting the tone. Wow. You, there's a lot going on, and I, I, I just wonder, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we can get this out there so people can really hear what what a CFYCD and RST does in the community, and 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 how they they work to partner. The coalition, you know, coalition by the very definition is a, a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. And and so so tell me about that part of it, the coalition part of this, because I mean, what you're doing, I mean, there's a lot going on there, and 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 people behind the scenes that I'm. I'm not sure people are aware of. I hope to interview some of those people from CFYCD to to find out specifically what's going on as well in their world. But what about the coalition? Well, so the coalition is, oh gosh, um, there's so much to tell you. The coalition is uh, rooted in sort of this operating system called Communities That Care. And we have strategic prevention framework funding, but it's actually a model. Okay. And so what we're doing around that table is we're evaluating data. We are talking about big issues in our community, what what services are lacking or what services are going super well, trying to network, get people together, make sure that you know we know that these services exist, that we're putting it out there to the community, that we're having deep conversations. For example, medical marijuana which, uh, you know, it's sort of a hot issue sure. to talk about. Yeah, it is. But for us, the conversation is around, we look at our Pennsylvania Youth Survey data, we see that kids no longer think marijuana is as harmful as they used to, because it's medicine, right? Right, For yeah. some folks. And so, and there's more accessibility. Sure. And, you know, if you have availability of something and you don't think it's that harmful, are you more likely to use? Well, yeah. But should our kids be using marijuana? Especially, like, we're not talking about the marijuana from the 1970s. No. We're talking about some seriously potent that's what That's what the, stuff, the experts yeah. are saying. That's really wild stuff. And so just trying to have those deeper conversations and having this model of data research. What are our resources? What are our risks? Um, how do we build up supports? You know, because Adams County, it's not a huge landscape, but it's pretty big when you're trying sure. to get this work done in six school districts, over 100,000 people in our community, and along the border in Maryland where, you know... It, we do have drugs that traffic across, you know, the area where we live. Um, you know, at the same time, we're not just drug and alcohol focused. When we're looking at this data, we're looking at depression statistics for our youth. We're looking at bullying and aggression, violence. Um, we're looking at what are these risks to our kids in the community? Um, and, and really, how do we mitigate those risks? Sure. So so I'm just curious about how does your, how has... Um as as I'm I'm listening to these programs that you're doing and all the things that you're doing, there has to be some uh, financial support for these things. So, w- what about that part of it? Is that grown for you, or are you struggling? I mean, how's, how's that working? Well, I think John, at this point, we're pretty fortunate because we have federal funding for those initiatives. But you know, the local funds, the support that that really matters here is in our local community, because it helps us to have that coalition, sure. and that coalition catalyzes all these other pieces, like a hub and spoke. We went from about $300,000 a year over at CFYCD to about, I think we're at 
2.6 million this year. Oh man. But I mean, it's all direct services and that's yeah. kind of the cool thing. Like, right. it can be scary that that's all grant, it's all grant funded, a couple contributions here and there from our community, which are so appreciated because you know, we may not have huge donors when we do the giving spree and other, other pieces, but seeing how many people are willing to open their wallet and, and write a check, you know? That's fantastic, yeah. I've seen yeah. that in action and it's amazing. But I mean, RSG has had a similar um, scenario, but I think, you know, it's not so much about the dollars, it's about the fact that they're all going right back into the community, that directly back into right. direct services. And that I think is unique. And we're, con- we're gonna continue to feel sort of like a small nonprofit no matter what happens. Well, I think of the staff too, and when it is, you know, grant funded and, you know, it's time delineated, that kind of thing, that they're willing to jump on and and do whatever they need to do. And I don't know, maybe like whenever the grant period ends, they might have to leave. Does that happen? We try really hard not to have that happen. Yeah, um, sure. But that's that's part of making decisions and staying in our wheelhouse. Not, okay. not just reaching for funds. You sure, know. that makes sense. We, we stay in our lane a little bit, you know. But the thing is, we have such a broad landscape. And working with the coalition, again, um, it makes sense. The vision makes sense. I think that way um, we're able to retain our staff. And we have such awesome people working with us. but And people who are creative and mm. have not complained a bit about being on zoom and appreciate having their jobs um, during a global pandemic and what i have to fight off i really want to go and do this i really want to do this and it's a reminder we have to be safe everybody right but we want to be back in the community i mean community is a little trickier when you're not in person but we're seeing like i said 40 50 people on a zoom for the community coalition we just held a, t- a town hall on november 23rd um, I remember because it was Thanksgiving week, and we had we had over fifty participants in a bilingual town hall forum online around alcohol misuse in our community. That's amazing. That is our highest substance of, of abuse here. So, uh, just watching people come together like that—it's outstanding. So when I when I heard you say in the coalition, and it, it always rings true to me, is the the whole idea and the strength of partnerships. So partnerships not only um, breed relationships and working with other professionals, but you might find other resources, et cetera. Is sharing resources, all those kinds of things? Is, is that working for the coalition? I mean- That's the- a, a big focus actually um, from, from, my, from my seat. I'd like to see us writing collaborative grants where multiple agencies are benefiting, that maybe we have shared services, shared staff. I, I think that something that I'm gonna walk out of this COVID-19 experience with, because we're already, I'm thinking far past this global pandemic, I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah. But I think it's that you don't have to have bricks and mortar. I mean, I, we like being together, so we will continue to have Yeah, we're office. social beings, yeah, we right. like that. But I think it's that, we don't have to think about things in a traditional structure, you know? Uh, some of the things that interest me are like benefit corporations and nonprofits doing just what we're doing, this partnership approach, where, you know, it is a little bit more hard and fast with RSG and the Center for Youth and Community Development. But there are so many things. We had a great board member the other day saying, you know, it may just be that you have the chairs that I need to borrow. <laughs> for a community event. That but makes sense, yes. We're saving the public's dollar if we share. Right. Again, kind of being, you know, I love Mr. Rogers, John, he's my hero. Hmm. 
And so I think it's just if we can all play nice in the sandbox, if we can share and be the people that sure. I know Mr. Rogers told me to be when I was a little girl. So I, I think we all we all come out um, much stronger for that. And I sure. think that's what this collaborative spirit is. That's fantastic. I'm saying it simplistically. And I know that the, the, the pandemic has hit everybody hard. It, it sounds like you're able to transcend that and keep the fires burning for, for everything. Is that is that accurate? You know, I try to have my Walden moments and be a bit of a transcendentalist. But, um, I, yeah, I think we just, you got to do what you got to do. Okay. And people exist. Our community still exists. We just have to be cautious. And we, we have to be prevention scientists. We know the science. We know what we need to do. And we'll work within that framework to stay in good health. But to make sure that we have all the supports needed for our community right now and when we walk through this thing. What is what do you think right now is your greatest challenge that you face? Personally or professionally? <laughs> well, let's do professionally. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of the same. You know, I think right now the biggest challenge is watching the hurt that people cause one another. Mm-hmm. And knowing that even in our interactions, people are all coming from a different place. I always see the world sort of, you remember the choose your own adventure books? Did you sure. those when you were a kid? Yeah. I've always seen the world as a choose your own adventure book. And so what would have happened if I turned to this page or that? I used to kind of try to do a placeholder and try to go back. And okay, yeah, sure. But I, I think that we have to remember with ACEs, with the different life experiences that people have. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is trying to make sure when we're far away from one another as we are, that we remember we have common ground. Sure. That we mostly have common ground. And so, you know, part of what CFYCD is doing this year is working around cultural competence, mm-hmm. diversity, inclusion, trying to really understand implicit bias. We're going to have some training coming up, I'm hopeful, um, that really helps us all get on the same page and understand that. But, you know, my perspective is still that choose your own adventure book. We mm-hmm. have to be able to walk in another person's shoes. Sure. And everybody has a story. You know, some stories are greater than others in terms of the content, maybe, or, or the, 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 the experiences, maybe. And, and that's important to understand. It really is. I was just listening to, I don't know if this is appropriate, but I was just listening to the Matthew McConaughey uh, okay. autobiography. I have to tell you, it was very good. But it, it really made me kind of think as we walked into the new year a little bit about not carrying our burdens forward with us mm-hmm. and just rolling through things, you know? Learn from them, perhaps? Learn from them. But then, you know, people make mistakes. We're all in local communities. Um it really accept one another yes and forgive and move on there's so much power in 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 relationships and so much power in partnerships you're absolutely right i think that's that's a crucial thing and and you know i'm well i'm, I'm hearing you say talk to talk about so many different things i mean what does the phrase what does the phrase can't do enough mean to you what are you doing? <laughs> Two things can't get enough done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's how we feel at the end of a week here. Uh, <clears throat> there's just not enough we can do to make the, the world a better place. And our time, attention, effort, the struggle should be just that. It shouldn't be against one another. It should be... It should be this combined effort to make the world as good of a place as possible. So... You know, I, I just think we can't get enough done to help the world. Mm-hmm. 
there's this uh, another saying for you what is it if you want to go fast go alone and if you want to Right? Something like that. Yeah, I'm not... If you want to go far, to far go together, Go right? together, yeah. I think that's sort of the end Well, and, and you know, my own personal experience with, with Coalition and, and seeing people around the table is exactly that. Some great people, committed people, want to get things done in, in a sensible and reasonable way, but everyone kind of has the same, you know, goal and vision. I mean, everyone has their own little, little network that they're dealing with, but really want to make it the community a better place to live. Mm-hmm. Like Adams County, the place to come, the place you want to raise your kids. Exactly. And I think maybe a goal for me, I think about our mission, our vision, helping the community, but then a big focus and I have the benefit of having other nonprofit leadership colleagues is how do we assure that those people have their jobs, that they don't have to be fearful? You know, it's a, it's a very different world we live in, writing for grants and co- having contracts. And, you know, there's some concern about budgets coming up here in, in the United States and in the Commonwealth. But I think it's how do we take really great care of our people? How do we have um, an environment that they want to work in? And, you know, we're past even that conversation with the millennials. Right. We're talking about, I don't even know what the generation's called <clears throat> that I'm thinking about now. But how do we make this a workable, uh, solid future, sustainable place to put your passion, your time, your talent, and know that everything's going to be okay? It's not going to be that a sounds, grant. That sounds like a call to action. I think it is. I think it is. I, that and let's all make sure that we understand the children are watching. That's fantastic. Andrea, I, I can't thank you enough for doing this uh, uh, first podcast with the respective solutions group. What? How can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you? They can call John Lewis. No. <laughs> uh, well, they can do that. Yeah, call me. No. I mean, um, my email is the easiest thing, Andrea at com. Okay, that's great. Thanks again very much. I appreciate it. And we're going to have to have you come back because there's so much to cover and there may be some very specific things that would be great to spend some time on as well thanks a lot appreciate it very much hey it's been fun okay 